0: Hi, my name is Garcia. Welcome to It's All Connected by Her Castle Girls.
1: Hi, my name is Telly, and we're the Her Castle Girls, founders of the Bright Mindset Project. We are your mindful mavens and soulful sisters.
0: Bright Mindset Project is a community that promotes the living your best life lifestyle through mindset, spirituality, and wellness. We believe that when the mind, body, and soul are taken care of with intention, we live the best quality life. We have the power to amplify our mindset and spiritual practices, become more magnetic, follow our authentic callings, lead in our own energies to become that version of our higher level selves that we know we can be. Our principles are based in personal and mindset development, spiritual practices, unconscious mind modalities and yeah some life experiences too cool with a bit of woo dylan diaz is a hair color specialist published author and artist from toronto canada with a background in fashion, media, beauty, and publications, Dylan is passionate about telling stories and creative expression through hair, poetry, and advocacy. Watch for Dylan's new book, Rose, dropping May 2022. Now, here's her conversation with Dylan Diaz. Mr. Dylan Diaz. The crowd yes. is going
1: wild. Yes. This man, all of this, this freshness. <laughs> Anyone listening on the podcast, they have to make sure to watch this on YouTube. Yes.
0: To see the how fly this man is. Right? That's He's too fun. fly. He's got the looks going. And totally. Dylan, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us with all your beauty and grace oh, thank today. You. <laughs> on It's I All Love Connected it. by Her Castle Girls.
2: Oh my God. I'm so so happy to be here with you guys.
0: Thank you. And just so our audience knows, Mm -hmm. uh, Dylan is a color specialist. So he is the stylist, the hairstylist with the most. He's a published author. (laughs) He is an artist from our hometown, Toronto, Canada. And he's really multifaceted. He uh, is—he has a background in fashion, media, beauty, and publications. Yes. And he's just really passionate about telling stories through his own creative expression. And what's really exciting, you know, other than you know hair and advocacy, Mm -hmm. poetry. He actually has a book coming out in May. We cannot wait to discuss that. Twenty twenty-two, and the book is going to be called Rose. So, we are so excited to Yay! have Dylan here. Yeah. Get ready for a great conversation because we know we've known Dylan for a while and we know that he's full of just wonder and, and he wisdom, is. So. we met uh, you. How did we meet again i think we
1: met during fashion week i think
0: yeah either that or an event
1: in. or something yeah. like yeah that. years but it was and years, years ago. ago when we were all in elementary school and
2: <laughs> yeah. oh, it must have been at least uh 10 years ago i think, I yes. think so.
0: Isn't that crazy? yes it was that yeah. yeah i would say it was at the beginning of our content creation yeah, yeah. um <sighs> and it's amazing how quickly the time is gone. It, it is.
1: But what's so cool is that Dylan is just one of those people that you want to keep in your life. Yes. You're just such a breath of fresh air. You're such a real one. And that's why we love you so much. Like This man's vibe is so chill. And before we start, I want to reiterate
2: that I just feel like uh, you two are so special. And uh, I, I feel the exact same way. I'm so, so glad to have met you all those years ago because uh, you just you just have this vibe of creativity and, and also drive to just like be at every show and like <laughs> write about everything. And I was like, these words are so cool. <laughs> and, then I, and then I saw Telly's Rings and I was like, oh my God, the rings. And then <laughs> just, you know. So like I said before, you've always had something oh, to goodness. say. Um, you've always created a narrative, a discussion, a conversation. And I think that's really important in our industries, but also where we are in the world. And I appreciate what you do very much. So thank you.
1: Oh, man. Light. Thank you, Dylan. So Dylan, yes, let's yes. enlighten our audience. Sure. What inspired you? What brought Dylan to this point? how did you get, how did you become you? How'd you come to Sly? Well, I,
2: I think, uh, you know, people throw out a lot of romantic narratives about like, um, finding yourself and like and, and finding these aspects of who you are that you can you can kind of oh own, take ownership of yourself which I think is very important. Right. But uh, I think for me it was just uh, like <laughs> it was like a ramshackle oh. you know concession of events of the survival that I was like okay I can survive this and just like move through these things which yeah. I think I don't know I, I don't know if that's true for a lot of people who face adversity but uh you, you know, you get from one point to another, you survive one adversity and it gives you strength to survive the next one. And somehow at the end of it, you have this version of yourself that's like uh, more pure than you've ever been. And uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a, always a beautiful thing. It certainly hasn't been always a beautiful thing for me. Um, you know, there's lots of pain and heartache and, and heartbreak and moments where you are off path Um, but you're still like a truer version of yourself than you were before because there's, it's just like, you know what I mean? You go through things and that makes us who we are. So yeah, I've come to this place through a lot of strange survival circumstances of of trying to be who I am and not always being able to be that person. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't all, you know, glitter and magic. Right. Yeah.
0: In your opinion, you know, here at our podcast, we are really all about, you know, not only the highs, you know, we are also about the lows. And what we find is, is that people, for some reason, there's some sort of like fear or an obstacle in people's way when it comes time to work on that kind of healing journey Mm -hmm. or, you know, and that might look like therapy. Mm -hmm. It might look like some wellness practices. Why do you think that is for people to be like that?
2: Um, I think there's a lot of confrontation that needs to happen. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we, we talk about sort of unpacking narratives and unpacking rhetoric when we talk about issues in the world and uh, mm-hmm. social equity and things like that, which is really important.
0: Mm-hmm. But I, I,
2: I think the last thing people do is unpack themselves in a a way and uh I think there's a it's hard to um dismantle sort of you know we talk about like structural oppression in society yes Mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's the most difficult thing to uh, to uh dismantle like internal oppression
1: Mm. and
2: uh sort of these internal barriers that we put on ourselves to discuss things like mental health and to to face things like depression and and sort of um be, be really transparent about those things, be really yeah. equitable towards ourselves about those things. Those conversations are so hard to have.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, if you do decide to do something like therapy, which I think is incredible, um, you have to get past that part first, where you're like, okay, I'm going into myself and I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like the first step I think might be the hardest. Um, yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, including myself, have a lot of issues with that, a lot of struggle with that. And I and I do think that's cultural too. Like, you know, sometimes we need to talk about these mental barriers from like subcultural points of view. Yes. And uh, you know, we we sometimes, you know, we come from backgrounds that, you know, the thinking might be a little bit more archaic. Yeah. And, you know, we try to be you know, equitable friends to to our friends who suffer. You know, we see somebody who's right. like suffering from mental illness and we're like, hmm. you know, we think you should do all these things or I want to be there for you, I want to help you. But we don't always do that to ourselves. So because, true. You know, because we might be like, I don't have that issue. Yeah. You know, because we, we put those yeah. barriers up. Yep. It could come from childhood. It could come from culture. It could come from fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've struggled with that a lot. You know, it's not yeah. something... It's not something we discuss uh, the way I was raised. Yeah. Even when we see it in our own families, we don't really talk about it right and uh mm-hmm. you see it in other people and you're like we have to talk about it but then right yeah Yourself, you're like what do you mean i'm fine but it's like right. maybe, maybe you're not fine <laughs>
0: sorry <Yeah. laughs> everything yeah. you're saying is so true it's so true i think you know I, even growing up as a kid culturally right. i think for us yeah. um i remember <laughs> you know we would have certain um, aunts or uncles and we would just be like you know maybe okay. someone should you know talk to them or and the rest of the family's <laughs> like no they're just eccentric you like, know no. that's yeah. they're just oh like you know their yeah. parents before them and right you know you're right it's this thing where there is no such thing as mental illness right or you know oh mental health that that is not an actual real right thing it's like a stigma
2: it's like I think it's in a way, it's become cliche to say stigma because, like, everyone knows that it is. Right. But it's like it's like it's it's almost like an external thing. It's like I can see it in in you know the experiences of people outside. Right. But when you come when you come into your family and you kind of unpack it on the inside, mm-hmm. that's where it's more challenging. And you're like, oh, it is a stigma, because we haven't spoken about this all through you know Dang. my upbringing and our
0: upbringing. yeah right yeah I mean, so. yeah wow. And also as well too, the one thing I noticed. For us culturally, you know, same thing with our family. We didn't grow up with this being a a subject. No. Um, you also you become aware of the work that you need to do. Yeah. But then you almost feel guilty telling family members about it because they say, Oh, is it my fault why you (laughs) have this situation? Yeah. And you feel guilt saying, Oh, I've put more blame on my family yeah. by admitting that i need help yeah which is such a toxic it's situation that, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: it's a tight it's Spots. cyclical and it's just like oh my god yeah you're saying everything you're saying just resonates with me i, I totally understand that feeling yeah,
1: yeah. it's yeah. just
2: um you know you don't want it to be a burden to anybody no and you don't want people to feel like they've been a burden to you right but you know having these conversations shouldn't be about blames it should be about you know the reality of the situation and and of course those things can you know the the issues we face could come from experiences in our childhood and experiences with those family members that's mm-hmm. that's that's a part of life
1: mm-hmm. uh
2: but you know the discomfort around <clears throat> avoiding talking about it like helps nobody exactly and i i find i mean not to be so loquacious i'm sorry mm-hmm. no, no. But <laughs> i find as a as like a queer person and other people who are marginalized in society mm-hmm. that they might not necessarily have uh, those protections and representations in their own family. Like maybe mm-hmm. they weren't raised that way. Very You know, there's sort of an added hurdle there because it's like when you become more of yourself and you feel right. like I need to be open with who I am to this family, yeah. um, having those conversations of mental health are intrinsically tied to that. So there's this discomfort around, can I talk about my mental health? Because it's gonna be tied to my queer experience. And is my family okay with me being this queer and talking about it?
1: Right.
2: You know, because you also also don't feel like, you know, you might not feel like you want to be that open with them about your queerness if it hasn't been that open in the past. Right. So, you know, it's a two-way street. You want people to be open and accept you so you can, you know, have those conversations, but. Right. It's a lot harder than yes.
0: <laughs> is. yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. It's easier said than done. Yeah. Easier said,
2: that's what I meant to say. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes.
0: That, yes. Uh, yeah, too, it's like, really. you know, be aware, but, you know, and being aware of yourself is so important. But then you think of everything that follows it. Right, it's like a domino effect.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's always sort of compounded experiences when it comes to being marginalized and then connecting yeah. it to sort of old world experiences so Mm -hmm. new world you know being first generation kids from immigrants there's always going to be that
1: yeah that's true too that's actually a good point (laughs) that's a good point but we also want to know from you dylan after you know a challenging day because you know we're all minorities here and we get the brute Hit (laughs) sometimes you know maybe not even directly but sometimes indirectly and just daily life. Yep, you know we have to take up a lot and then when we get home or get to wherever we feel more comfortable, we can try our best to unload all the stuff we put up with from the daily. Karin, I would like to know what do you do to heal from these kind of draining situations
2: um i think for me as a creative it's always been about art in the end Hmm. um even as a kid when i when i felt like i couldn't be completely myself art gave me sort of a a a place to put that that color and that identity um so yeah uh, i used to during covid i would write a lot so I, i did a lot of just writing expression I try to get creative I tried to illustrate I tried to take walks and do photography and things like that um the world is sort of uh difficult uh, especially if you're experiencing ongoing marginalized experiences and mm-hmm. I think you have to connect with a part of your soul that's like outside of that paradigm that's like completely pure and just lets you be whoever you are um But that's, you know, you have to find what that is. Uh, For me, it was creativity in in all its forms. And it was also just uh, connecting with people that I could be holding myself with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you have that bad experience and you have those ongoing kind of like, microaggressions and things like that, it's like, oh, you know, I have this friend who I know I can be 100% myself with. And having that, those conversations and that validation, kind of like what we're doing now, Right, really gives you strength and just helps you release. For me, it did. You
0: know, how do you fill your cup, Dylan? After, you know, say a week of busyness, mm-hmm. um, because being a creative, especially when you're a creative and part of your job is to actually be creative, <laughs> um, it's 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 a complicated relationship. It is right we know hairstylists can have. They can have a day. It can be a day. day. Um, How do you, uh, you know, how do you fill your cup Uh, and sort of balance your energy so you don't feel overwhelmed or overworked?
2: To be honest, I'm still working on that, Mm -hmm. to to be very frank. Yeah. Uh, You know, I've been working in hair for um, 14 years. 13 wow. years around there. And uh, I've had so many amazing creative experiences through hair, just not only creating what I feel like is art in terms of the mm-hmm. color I do, but just sort of uh, connecting with people and giving them something incredible. And that sense of fulfillment that you get from that, like changing you know, changing a piece of someone's life. But throughout all those 14 years, as amazing as it's been, it's I've never gotten used to the drained aspect of it as soon as you kind of monetize something that fulfills your soul it can there's points where it can be soul crushing a little bit as much as it is soul fulfilling yeah it's a really for me it's a really tumultuous relationship uh i find that i can work myself to the bone and be creative every single day which is its own kind of work yeah yeah um, which is, you know, difficult, and then I'll just, like, crash. I'll just, like, you know, have, have like, a day or two days where I'm just, like, on my couch and I'm not really doing anything, which is, you know, it's okay. Sometimes I feel guilty about that, but <laughs> I've come to learn that it's okay. You know, if you need a veg day, take a veg day, um, and especially as I've gotten older. I used to have a lot more energy when I was in my 20s to work seven days a week, and then, like, go for dinner. Good
1: times.
2: You know? Yeah. Um, And now I feel like... (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I I know I feel like, you know, 5 days of hair and I'm like, give me a day where I can
1: just kind of like struggle I, I oh, up. And yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and for people that don't know this too, they should really check out Dylan's um Instagram because yes. the, the hair colors that you the do, the colors
0: are so vibrant. Thank like You're
1: like a you're like a mastery of color like
0: Yeah. It's insane what it, Dylan does. Yeah, it's honestly a wow. work of art please Thank do you. visit Dylan um, on Instagram yeah. and check out, yeah, some of the, the images of the colors. Gorgeous yeah, I, I agree. Gorgeous you world. know,
2: I, I first wanted to go to, my first post-secondary aspiration was to go to OCAD for painting. That was what I originally wanted to do. Because I, I, I love working with oils, and I did a lot of oil painting when I was in my, oh, like, nice. teenage years. So the, what I try to do with hair is kind of treat it like a painting when I do those kinds of colors and create seamless blends and reflections and thing, things that make it compelling to me. Yeah. That's how I approach it at the very least. Um, so yeah, please, I mean, I'd love for people to see it. I haven't updated yeah. in a while, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, that's okay. You know,
2: it's been, it's been a
1: crazy two <laughs> years.
0: The work is there and it's,
1: it's stunning. Yes.
0: I had
2: to take a you know a little bit of a step back for myself and that's good to to try and survive these crazy months um but Yes. yes uh thank you thank you very much for saying that
0: enlighten us about your new publication coming out in may rose and how did you know you were called to do this because most of the times people feel like i don't know imposter syndrome oh
1: definitely right
0: and they don't create the things that they think about in their head. They sort of leave it to the wayside. Right. What called you to write this book? So, it
2: was really the pandemic, to be honest with you. Uh, You know, people in my industry, we were closed for a total of 11 months. And uh, for for the last two years, I've only worked six months at a time. It's been really tough. And uh, there was a lot of moments where you know, I almost let go of everything that I had and um, when, it, when the pandemic first hit I was like okay I've gone through all of these you know self-reflections highs and lows I've unpacked everything it's a mess I'm a mess everything's a mess so I, I you know I can't work right now so what can I do and uh, I tried to think about like okay if I lived in a society where like money was no object and I didn't have to worry about how much debt I'm going into what would I do with my time right now? And um, the answer was writing. I would probably write, I thought to myself. And uh, it, was a, it was a moment where I connected with um, my adolescent self because I, I was writing a lot as a teenager and I went to university for creative writing and poetry w- well before I went into hair and other things. And it was sort of connecting with the younger version of myself that had all of this writing inside that I never really explored. And it was my first creative love. And so I kind of felt like I need to reconnect with that. And uh, the reason it worked out uh, was just because I, in reference to your sort of imposter syndrome thing, um, mm. is because I did it for myself. I was thinking about what I needed to put on paper or in in that case, a screen. Um, And it was just like all of this like act up narrative and rhetoric about my adolescence and growing up. That wasn't Rose, that was my first book, which was Blue. So this was a collection of just like about maybe 10 or 12 years of poetry. And uh, it's a short book, but it sort of summarized a lot of my experiences between like the ages of 15 to like 28 um in different kind of stances of my life and so uh when i when i started writing it it was purely to just like release all of this stuff
1: mm. it was
2: like all of my experiences all of my queer marginalized experiences in high school growing up and in, in my culture in catholicism um and also my romantic experiences with people and, and trying to meet people who were also like me which was really hard when you're younger and, and in your 20s as well, especially in a city like Toronto, which has so much opportunity, but it's like it's so big. Yeah, that's, that's sometimes it's harder to meet people. True. Yeah. Um, I just kind of unpacking that and putting it all into words. It wow. came out as poetry. It, it, it That's just what came naturally to me. And uh, it was a really cathartic thing for me to release. I just did it for myself. and. But people responded really well. They really liked it, you know? And, you know, it, it, it did quite well in the beginning. Really? And, um, you know, it, it was one of those things I always, I mean, I know my mom will probably watch this podcast, but like, I don't want to embarrass her or anything. Aww. But, um, you know, it, it, it meant a lot to give this to my mom because there were so many stories in here that she didn't know. Yeah. And for her to read it was sort of like, and my dad too, but I think, with my mom, it was it was a deeper thing.
1: Hmm. Um,
2: for her to read it was like I was letting her into this part of my experience that she didn't know about at all
0: yeah um, wow.
2: so it helps me kind of let go of the past and like all of that kind of stuff yeah. although i although i mean i do write in a very conceptual way uh but if anyone gets this you'll see so there were some moments where my mom was like i don't really understand what you're saying here. <laughs> and i'm like that's okay you know,
1: <laughs> that's okay mom
0: that's, that's all
1: right, right. <laughs> yeah you're like
0: that's, patient, that's it you can ask me
1: you can <laughs> ask me
2: questions you know it's fine that's it
0: You'll do but, the Q&A, it's all good. Yeah, and you That's know, so I, I I do want to highlight yeah. this action of, because we promote that heavily yep. on our podcast mm-hmm. about the idea of writing things down, journaling Ooh. your mm-hmm. thoughts, journaling, you know, how you feel, regardless, you know, don't worry about the grammar, don't worry about mm-hmm. how it's you sound. Selling and all, of Yeah, just, just write, write it, it. it down. And I think it's amazing that you take your, you took your publication yeah. blue and were able to kind of gift that experience to your mom in this beautiful package yeah and it's simply because you took the action of writing things down I love um it. so i think that's a beautiful story and a beautiful way to illustrate the importance of writing your thoughts down definitely
1: And it's cool, too, because, you know, the way how you put it in poetry, it's like you said, they can take it to how they interpret it, which is really cool. And it's nice that words are still able to calm the mind, heal the soul and without you having to actually physically say it. Because, you know, I mean, yeah, I would I I would always be afraid if I had to tell, like, especially when it comes to the parents, (laughs) you know, you you don't want to. It, it can be nerve-wracking but to know that you're giving them your whole mindset and what's going on in a book giving it to them in words it's just so much easier and they get enough. it too which is it's really hard
2: clear. it's hard to say things you know? it is even even us talking right now i'm like i'm like so concerned if i'm saying the right things
1: you're, you're saying the right things
2: <laughs> <laughs> some, some, i completely agree with you it's just sometimes just writing things out you can find the words better yeah. express yourself better absolutely yes that's what fluid prose is that's where a lot of my poetry starts from it's just kind of wow. like I'm, feel, I'm feeling this way and i just want to like get out the words and then you start to construct and build it
0: with that okay. dylan and again um you've shared so much with us mm-hmm. um today and this is honest, authentic, Dylan. Like, right? Would never, you know. Come on. There's here no gimmick. To... There's no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's on a I honor. mean, I can be gimmicky too, but
1: <laughs> you, you, you. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, this is amazing. I, I think love.
2: we've we've all been through so much, you know. And I I, I don't know about other people, but. I mean, you'll see from my my last, like, Instagram post, like, which was maybe, you know, a, a while ago, it's just, uh, I'm still healing from it. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it takes so much kind of energy and courage to come out of that place that,
1: yes, was, placed, that was placed on
2: you. And, and, uh, you know, there, we're all like, we all experience COVID differently. And, um, for me, it was probably the most, cha- one of the most, probably the most challenging two years.
1: Oh, America. yeah. You know, I
0: I mm-hmm. do She's agree. I believe yeah. anyone, you know, other than personal things in your family and yeah. whatnot, as a global situation, for anyone that's under well, even my parents said they have never, you know, been through something not like, like this, this in their entire life. And I think for our generation and you know, the ones behind us, it's like this is, this is the weird. most weirdest thing the weirdest experience. You know, like I was uh Telly and I were going through our Instagram uh, accounts for fun. For fun. And just going past years and years, <laughs> years of going on. I was and like, I miss socializing. This, and, yeah. This was a whole part of our world that yeah, we yeah. were so much in it, we didn't realize, you know, how, how special so, yeah, it was. Exactly. Because we were all Working, yeah, creating and and working. We didn't see it as anything different or anything no. super special. Yeah. We were just out here doing our thing. And then, after you've been cut off from something for that amount of time, you realize, shoot, God, Don't like, know what you got, so let's go. Yeah.
2: For me, it was like uh, uh, trying to reclaim this uh, sense of self that you've lost. Mm. Um, you know it's like who was that dylan before that was like so animated and so active and like so so involved you know who was that person because i don't feel like that anymore and it's not because i'm down on who i am now it's just that at a certain point where when so much is taken from you 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 go straight into like this like survival mindset and for me personally everyone is different but for me personally Mm -hmm. it was like my whole life became about, okay, how do I, you know, live, how do I like live in this much debt? How do I pay for my you know, apartment? Like, how do I do these things? Whereas it, before it was like, oh, how do I be creative and happy? Like, it was like the goals were still important, but they were so different.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And
2: it, it forced you into that mindset where you're like, okay, that stuff, I don't have the freedom for that stuff anymore. I don't have the freedom to be like, oh, I want to do this today because it makes me happy. The mm. freedom became like, what do I have to do so I can get to like next week?
1: Right. You yeah. know, and
2: it, it changed, it changed kind of who I was. Um, and I started focusing more on like, okay, I need to be, you know, alive. And uh, not like, like physically, but like, I need right. to like
1: but protect if, yeah, myself, yeah. Exactly. you know, yeah.
2: Yeah. and that was the real challenge for me personally. I do feel like I'm coming out of that slowly, um, but I, I think it pushed a lot of people into that place for sure. And that that yeah. was, for me, that was the biggest challenge. It was just, you know, who is the person I am now? You
0: know, how, yeah. can, and
2: how can I reclaim the person I want to be? Mm-hmm. You
0: know? I love, love that. Yeah, I agree with that love for sure. That. And I resonate so much with that oh. too.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: We have. <laughs> wow. um, One more question for you, Dylan. Sure, sure. Final question. And it's a
1: big big question, (laughs) but take your time. (laughs) All we want to know is (laughs) what has been the best advice that anyone has ever given you, even for yourself? Maybe there's a saying that you always say to yourself that keeps you going, but some kind of wisdom or a word, anything like that you can share with us and with our viewers and listeners. Give them some hope.
2: um i feel like i have a few oh share (laughs) would would that be okay
1: yes Yes. absolutely
2: okay uh i think the the first one was when i was 15 Mm -hmm. and i i was suffering from a lot of depression in high school for different Mm -hmm. reasons yeah and um but it was the catalyst of it were sort of connected to who I was and my identity and the things I wanted to be and do and stuff. And just being a queer kid growing up in Scarborough, like a... Um, and one of my teachers told me, she sat me down and she said, you have an obligation to yourself first, uh, mm-hmm. before anyone else. Because I feel like a lot of kids in those situations, they grow up thinking like, well, how are aspects of who I am going to hurt people around me mm-hmm. um and we, we put up those walls first because we're so concerned about where we fit yeah. in in our family and society in, mm. in high school in university in our careers mm-hmm. and the places we want to go and she what she said always stuck with me it was just like you're if you don't do if you if you aren't true to yourself then you you're you that obligation and you start uh your life's going to be you know Pretty awful. Mm. And not not to say that also being true to yourself doesn't come up with barriers. It does and challenges. Right. Right. But uh, you have an obligation like to your spirit first.
1: Yeah. Definitely. And
2: and I've always tried to live by that in the sense that like I think about what I really need in my heart first.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. To be who I am, and if I, if I'm not hurting anybody else by doing that, then there shouldn't be an issue with it. And if there is an issue. Then you know that person probably shouldn't be in your life. That's the first one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: love that. that was that was that was close to your teacher. From Definitely. Back in the day. Oh,
1: she's still
2: she's still one of my best friends. Her name is oh. Tanya, and uh, oh my god, she might watch this and be like, oh my god, shadow. Uh, she she was <laughs> my teacher, and yeah, right, she's amazing. <laughs> and she, you know, she lives in France, and she's the coolest person ever. So oui, oui, thank you, Tanya. We'll We often have this kind of idea of destiny especially if you're like a romantic creative like we all are yeah this idea of like destiny being this like thing that we have to like obtain and like you know how am I going to be that like you know brilliant perfect version of myself so I can like achieve this like ambitious intangible incredible goal whatever that is
0: yeah
2: (laughs) um but I've learned over, you know, 14 years, I've tried to be like creative and successful, which is not easy. Right. That uh, that destiny is like this thing that you build. It's not like a destination. It's not like a place that you end up. It's like destiny is like this thing that you started when you were 15 and you started building mm. to what you are. And yeah. um, if we don't, you know, if you don't put energy and effort into, into that person that you want to be now. Right. De- destiny will always be this thing that's like on the horizon and like never here. So, it's, so I feel like destiny is something that you have to like, you start now and you have to like cultivate it. Um, and, okay, the last one. Okay, so there was this, there was this writer um, named, uh, oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, here, here I am being a writer. And I'm like, there was this writer named <laughs> um, Quintin Crisp, who's a, who's a great mm. writer. Mm-hmm. and uh, he, he had this great quote um, if you'll forgive me for one no, second no
1: no that's I guess, fine I might
2: just instead of trying to paraphrase it I think it mm-hmm. might be more effective if I looked it up
1: oh sure <laughs> There. and oh, I yeah. think
2: this this speaks to people who are marginalized and mm. who kind of um, have always been kind of on the scurf of society's edge yeah, and I think I think his quote references like uh, how society grows, and okay, so this is the quote. He mm-hmm. says, uh, "In an expanding universe, time is on the side of the outcast. Those who once inhabited the suburbs of human contempt find that, without changing their address, they eventually live in the metropolis." The quote to me, I've always remember that quote. The quote to me speaks to, you know, if we are if we are given um, the safeties and the freedoms to be who we are we eventually it's sort of a quote that i think references being true to oneself which i know that sounds kind of cliche mm. no but, you know i think it's super important it's like it's like he's saying you know if you're if you're true to yourself and you are who you are without you know the the in spite of the fear and in spite of people holding that against you mm-hmm. you know if you if you wear your 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 identity and your truth like armor like this is who I am and it's like you can't take that away from me yeah Uh, you will you will always end up like successful and you will always end up reclaiming those safeties and that power even if not for yourself but for the people around you who are also going through those things yeah people who face adversities it's like we eventually find our place in society because we build society you know we eventually find our place in culture because we create culture culture comes
1: from us yeah. Yes. So it's
2: like, it's like, you know, if, if, if we can be ourselves and the world shifts to who we are, not the other way. Right. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's hard. I know it's hard to be for marginalized people and people who continually experience oppre- oppression to, 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 to be that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's still so much violence and so much hate out there and, and so many lives lost. But hopefully we can look at society and our place in society and see, you know, we have come to these places and there's Definitely. more to go, you know, because society has changed for us yes. because we've had to fight for it. That's yes. it. And unfortunately, we, there's a lot more fighting to do. But uh, oh, yeah. I think what Quinton is saying is don't stop fighting. Just,
1: yeah. you Love know. It. Don't uh, let yeah. them win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep leading in your That's authenticity. It. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, don't like,
0: change to suit other people. Yeah. Live life for you. Yeah, fight Definitely. Truth. I yeah. love that Wow. Quote. It's Wait, time to click rewind. Right? Make sure you've written it all down. <laughs> Screen record and yeah, take do notes. What do whatever y'all need to do. But don't forget those quotes because that, that hits home so much. Yes. Yeah. And this is just a great example showing mm. us how you can truly infect people. You really can. You infect them and they can grow from just knowing you. Exactly. Uh, which is why it's so important to show up as your most authentic, as you are. Yeah, authentic- absolutely. You are a person. We are excited to see what the future holds for you for all your artistic uh, avenues, no matter where you go. Thank you. Um, and we're excited to be able to call you our friend. So- uh-
2: I'm so excited too. I love you <laughs> so much. And I hope this, I hope this podcast just keeps going because it's wonderful. I love this vibe that we're having right
1: now. Thank so you. Oh, you know what? I do have one more question. It was a fun question. Okay. Okay, yes. So you know, you're into hair and you know, you know us already. But I gotta know if you could style or color anyone's hair, who would it be? Mm. <laughs> We need someone that needs to fix their hair. <laughs> <laughs> probably, like... I'm joking. Self-expression. If they want to keep her a crazy hairstyle, they should. But the real It question. would probably be, like, Gaga. Oh, very cool. Or like... Because she's just cool. And
2: I think we yes. could have... I think we could have fun with her hair. Like, I could do, like... I could do like colorations for a music video or something. Oh, um, gee. Oh, that'd be so but for funny. my, for, for just for styling, just for like my own personal like this, it would be like Mariah, like 100%.
1: Oh, fire. Uh, like
2: completely, like, ooh, I just want to like wave her hair and be like, go, like, go sing. <laughs>
1: Get the wind machine going and turn the
2: honor tune on and just sing, <laughs> belt it out.
1: <laughs> yes. I love Mariah. I love belt her. it. You know love what I love that. Those yeah, are two good cho- Two great women. They love two it. great
0: divas. Wow. And yeah. And you know what? You've spoken it out, so you never know. You never know. You said you just said it. The universe yes. You never know. Saying-
2: Maybe my writing will get there. I don't know.
0: <laughs> never. You never know. No. <laughs> and when this book is released, Dylan, where can we pick it up? Where yes. can we purchase?
2: So, Rose will probably be available on Amazon online.
0: Mm-hmm. But be-
2: I, I am, I am, I mean, I would hope, I would ask people to just be informed because I, I have, a, I'm in talks with a few bookstores in the city that want to carry it physically. Right. So we will see. You know, I really want to get Rose because it's a lot of queer narratives. So, I really want to get it into some queer bookstores and things like that. Yeah. Very cool. So, I'll probably do that first and then eventually it'll end up online. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blue is also available on Amazon. So if you just Google Dylan Diaz Blue, you'll find this
1: Amazing. Magnus,
2: magnus Opus of adolescent poetry that's not cringy, Well, some of it is, but it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh! I mean, how can you have self-reflection without like a little bit of cringe? And um,
0: I mean, that's true. I say
2: this all the time.
0: That's true. Yeah
2: rose will be available in may probably this year and, awesome uh, just finishing up editing it now and yeah. uh and if people would like to follow me on instagram yes. you can find me at, uh, yes at uh, the colorful dylan spelled the canadian way and uh <laughs> yeah thank you very much it was such an honor to talk to you both thank you oh thank dear. you so much Dylan. Honor. thank you for being
1: a part of our podcast this was <laughs> my <laughs>
2: pleasure thank you for having me and for letting me talk about some difficult things i appreciate that very much
1: If you enjoyed our conversation, be sure to listen in next week. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on YouTube and Instagram. Just search our handles, Girls and Bright Mindset Project. Check out our website, brightmindsetproject.com, to book free clarity calls and see what one-on-one group programs are available. Stay bright.